1: A day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast the hey we're steve again edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your co-hosts dusty evely with me is sarah kelleher we keep leapfrogging each other man uh steve had something to do this week but I, since we've been back we were all together the first week and then and then not since then um yeah so it's we we've kind of missed the whole group but we've at least had two of us here every week sarah how are you this week <laughs>
2: I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. You know, I had a busy week last week. So sometimes, you know, life and work gets in the way of podcasting. Believe it or not, this is not my <laughs> full time job. Um, so I, you know, I don't plan on, on going it um, away again anytime soon. Uh, we're in the the dog days of summer, and now we are scrambling for content. But we were talking before, and we have some good ideas. Mm-hmm. Dusty and Steve exchanged some ideas last week. Dusty shared some of those with me. We went back and forth and I think we've got some good stuff planned, um, you know, for the, for the few weeks ahead uh, while things get quiet again. But yeah, glad to be back. Um, you know, I guess Steve just doesn't want to hang out with me mm-hmm. because he's avoiding me as soon as I said, you know, I was good to go. He, he just isn't here. So I guess we'll just keep dodging each other like this.
1: Yeah, no, he mentioned that to me as soon as we got done recording last week. He said, I don't know if I want to talk to Sarah again. It was off air, um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry to have to break it to you here, or recording, but that's just the way these things go, Sarah. So uh, as you mentioned, we do have some things to talk about this week. It is the final day. Uh, Tuesday was the final day of OTAs, open OTAs for uh, for this period here. So we actually have some updates. Everyone was was furiously tweeting out clips and uh, had <laughs> uh, uh someone was i can't remember who it was now was was tweeting clips of like tyler goodson catching balls out of the backfield through rob domovsky's legs it was like rob domovsky's calf was like taking up like just a half i guess that was, was uh wes hodkowitz was doing that i think and it was j- just directly behind his leg so some interesting angles uh the camera work there was was interesting for sure but we got a whole lot of men in shorts running around catching footballs some of them looking extremely natural while doing it uh I'm looking at you, Luke Musgrave and uh, and uh, Tyler Craft, uh, but other than, but we got a whole lot, a whole lot of updates on that, and so we're going to hit a couple kind of the bigger notes. Then we're going to run through like hype meters. You know, every year you get OTAs, you get training camp, you get hype for different guys. We're going to run through what's the hype meter on a handful of these guys. So starting off, the news we don't really, we don't want to talk about, but it, it we'll start off anyway. Three guys missing, only three guys missing, Jair. Rasul, Jonathan Garvin, all on the defensive side of the ball. Is that Joe Barry's fault? Sarah, go. What are your thoughts?
2: Yes, fire Joe (laughs) Barry. No, I'm kidding. This is going to sound so bad, but I could care less that the three Mm -hmm. of them weren't there. This is voluntary OTAs, guys that know what they're doing. Um, So this is a total non-factor, but it's still fire Joe Barry.
1: Yeah. Uh, Garvin surprised me a little bit just cause that man seems like he sh- he's fighting for his job. I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes there, but Jair and Rasul, you feel like, okay, you've got, you've, we, you know, what you're going to be, you know what you're going to do. You've been in the system for a few years now. Like you will be fine. I don't really care about them. And they've got some guys that, that can uh, then work some stuff. I know they they had, uh, Shamar John Charles working on the outside. He's probably never going to do that, but he got some reps in so good on, good on him. Uh, we also had some guys that were there not practicing, uh, Grant DuBose, who hadn't been practicing all offseason, uh, Dontavian Wicks, Jake Hansen, and Dallin Levitt were all there, but not doing any practicing. I think some individual stuff on the side, but but that was it. Um, the big news, Sarah, the big, big, big news is the oh Packers gosh. starting off the off offensive line. It's something that everyone's <laughs> outside of like uh, punter hang times. This is what everyone is hanging on, this, on the edge of their seat for. With Bakhtiari back. And we talked about this a little, I think, last week or two weeks ago. So, Bakhtiari back, the starting lineup that they put out there, they usually like to kind of put those guys out there around this time of year Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Running Jr., Yash Nyman. So, two weeks ago, it was Zach Tom starting a right tackle. So, now they had Nyman. They had, uh, this week, they've had Tom taking snaps at right guard with the twos. He warmed up at center a little bit, but that was your starting five. So, I mean, Sarah, it's not really for me, but any surprises there for you? Like if this was the offensive line they rolled out in week one, would you would you even bat an eye at that?
2: Nope. Uh this is this is what you'd expect from the Packers. And we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it might have been on our first episode back, um, when they rolled out the offensive line and you know, Bakhtiari wasn't there, Jenkins wasn't there, and so that it looked a bit different. And basically we said it's probably gonna turn into some form of what we saw on Tuesday. So this wasn't surprising. It honestly made me excited because I think this is a really strong group and they obviously need to protect love. You know, I know he's not a rookie quarterback, but he's a first year starter. Um, And obviously there's going to be some learning, you know, learning moments and nerves there. And just having a consistent line that can protect him is really important. I mean, it's, especially when you have a young guy like that. I mean, you've seen really, bad cases of this, like with the Bengals a few years ago and Joe Burrow and like he was just getting hit over and over again. It was brutal. And eventually he he got hurt really badly. And you would hate to see that happen to a young quarterback who has a lot of pressure on him, is trying to figure it out and is carrying now the weight of this historically good organization with or like historically gifted quarterbacks um, in this organization. So this is really just a tool for Jordan Love to hopefully shine and do well.
1: Yeah, I know the the Tom thing has been a corn uh, a corn <laughs> a source of some it's amount taller. of consternation among <laughs> among uh, Packers fans, just in that they would like to see him out there. But really, with this five, I mean, this is the thing I try to keep in mind. This starting five, I like the starting five. This starting five will not be the starting five at the end of the year. There will be injuries. So if they go in with this five and Tom is kind of your super sub guy that can kind of come in, kind of play wherever and Maybe start half the season, more than half the season. If other things shake out, I, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I'd give him a little bit more time to develop. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's starting left tackle or right tackle next year. Uh, but going in this year, if he's not a starter, that doesn't shock me at all. Uh, they will say one of the other things when the twos came out, they had Caleb Jones and Rashid Walker uh, kind of going back and forth on left tackle with uh, Royce Newman out there at left guard. So that's your that's your uh, offensive line minute. Uh, we're done with the offensive line, Sarah. Let's hit, let's hit some hype meters. All right, man, this time of year, we get stuff thrown around. We got, again, we're not there. We cannot be there. But whether it's uh, Schneidman or Domovsky or Hodkowitz or Herman or Paul Brettel or any of these guys out there that are just going through and just tweeting clips and everything that happens, we feel like we're there. And like everyone else, you get hyped about different players. So we're just going to run through a handful of players here. We'll see where our hype level is for them. I'm going to imagine all of them is going to be high because it's the off season, so why not be hype, Sarah? Let's start defensive side of the ball. The safety room, as we all know, from the defensive coordinator, no one knows, Sarah, That's what practice is for. No one knows who our safety are. Hopefully, we'll figure it out at some point. We don't know who who these guys are good. What
2: a dork for that comment. I mean, that is still – that's one of those things that I lie awake at night, and I remember that he said that, and I'm just like, what a dork. Don't say that.
1: Your guess is as good as mine. Who knows?
2: Yeah, like, you're the coach. You should know.
1: Well with that in mind, so they've got about a dozen safeties in the room right now, but a guy making waves a little bit, a little some splashes to various more. Uh taking a lot of snaps with ones doing open practices. Um the floor has, has raved about him, so he's shown some good flashes, making some good plays, picked off Jordan Love in a two minute drill. It's a, a story for a little later. But what's your after all this safety stuff, and we know Savage is the starter and we don't know who else. What's your feeling on uh, on more at the moment, Sarah?
2: Yeah, so I, I think it's cautiously optimistic hype. Um, I don't want to get my I don't want to fall in love and, and get my heart broken, but I like what I'm seeing and I'd like to continue seeing him. Um, because I think we've got a good thing going here. Um, but yeah, hype meter's pretty high. Um, it is one of those we did get a question, and you know we'll. Talk about this more later about how, hey, there are guys that seem to do really well in OTAs and in camp. And then during the season, it's like, what happened? And I hope this isn't the case uh, for mm-hmm. more. Um, but right now, height meter, cautiously high.
1: Cautiously high. I really want Jonathan Owens to just rip through and just steal that job. And then him and Simone Biles are in Green Bay for the next 15 years. Uh, but listen, I'll take competent safety play at this point. That's, that's, that's where I'm at.
2: Yes, we I'm will. Not-
1: We'll take a second year guy, Sarah, a guy who didn't get a whole lot of run last year, who seems to be making a lot of plays in the backfield, per the people, per the sources on the ground there. We're gonna go Devontae Wyatt, who apparently just tearing up today. What's your hype meter on Wyatt after not seeing a ton of him last year?
2: I would say the hype meter's very high here. Um, this is somebody that pretty much as soon as they were drafted, everybody's eyes got really big and we're like, wow, there is a lot of potential here, and. Um, You know, I think we saw that on the field and um, there were some really good things. And unfortunately, injuries happen and and that kind of took him out of play for for quite a significant chunk. But um, if he can build on what he started and is, you know, performing it, I'm getting a lot of Rashawn Gary vibes as far as like, hey, after year one, there was a jump and people were saying and it's kind of slow burn and then all of a sudden a monster is born. That is just incredible. And basically if you're there in person, you can't look away because they're making play after play. Um, so I'm getting deja vu in a good way.
1: We'll take m- maybe not just the full player. Cause I think the hype meter is already high on this man, but we'll say a guy who, uh, just this specific role that jumped out today, Keishon Nixon, The idea of Keyshawn Nixon blitzing from the slot, which apparently he did a lot today, Sarah, if you saw that on game day, Keyshawn Nixon blitzing from the slot running like an absolute lunatic bearing down the quarterback, where's your height meter at for the potential of even seeing that on Sundays?
2: Um, I'm standing on the table and waving the (laughs) towel around. That's, (laughs) that's where the height meter is at. No, let's get weird. I mean, this is a year Mm -hmm. that there's going to be a lot of things like this that I think are just kind of like trick plays or things that are on on offense I'm talking about. But then on defense too, they're going to throw things out where we're like, what the hell are they doing? And some of it is, is going to be horrible and they'll crash and burn and other times it'll be great and we'll all eat it up and be so excited about it. Um, And this is one of those things where I'm like, sure, you know, I I just got my I just purchased my Sunday ticket for the year. And if I saw that pop up on my YouTube TV, I'd be pretty hype about it.
1: Agreed. I'm right there with you. I saw that today and I was like, oh, I didn't even think about the possibility of that. That that makes me excited all over again. So
2: possibilities are endless. All
1: right. we got a few guys to move uh, offensive side of the ball. Uh, We'll go Tyler Goodson. Tally Goodson getting a lot of run hearing stuff from, I think Andy Herman said something to the effect of it's, it seems like it's gonna be hard for them to keep them off the field last year. I think they ran two running backs all year. And they would just call up a guy at a time off the practice squad for game day. Patrick Taylor was kind of, was the guy that they liked the most, but what we're hearing from Tyler Goodson, who, you know, they, they got last year and, and sat around all year, explosive player, really good hands. They say he has a much better gra- grasp on pass pro. He's lining up with this. Like they're throwing passes to him out of the slot. They're raving about explosiveness, shiftiness. I think he's taking kick return reps. I think during individual drills. So he's a, like, kind of on the shorter side, but to me, this was a guy when they picked him, this was a Potential Aaron Jones type guy. A little smaller, but just shifty, explosive. I, I, like, it could be a game breaker if, if everything sh- if everything kind of goes right for him. This year might be the year after seeing some of these reports on Goodson. Sarah, where are you at? I'm Tyler Goodson heading into this year.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be a party pooper. Boo. Uh, it's it's kind of low. And I like what I'm seeing, but I just don't think that it's going to come to fruition. And that's not anything against him but you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and I just think those are the guys right now and like I know you mentioned Dusty in the past they'd bring Patrick Taylor into the mix but we didn't really even see him much either um so um I'm optimistic that he could stick around and contribute in some ways but as far as the height meter of like what am I gonna see in November December it's pretty low
1: I think your answer is bad and you should feel bad
2: all right. Well, thanks. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. That's
2: my opinion. This is a podcast where I share my opinions. Wrong. I want. In, I hope I'm correct. wrong. I hope that you can. He has like a hundred yard kicker turn, mm-hmm. and that you can clip this, and Tyler Herrick can put like a clown nose on my face or something, and. Uh, and put it on the pack a day, Twitter and everybody laughs at me. I hope I'm wrong. I live for moments like that. If I'm wrong, but it means something good for the Packers. I will sacrifice, you know, my well being at any point.
1: We appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. you putting yourself out there like that. Someone. You're
2: welcome. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>
1: Cheers, everyone. I, I was going to do uh, Jordan love, but we'll, we'll save that one because we got a question later that I think we're going to hit on that. So we won't do Jordan love. So we're going to close the offensive side of the ball with two guys, Musgrave and Kraft sarah height meter where's your height meter for those guys
2: the height meter is broken it's Mm -hmm. through the roof Mm -hmm. everything that i saw today or on tuesday i loved it dusty i'm sure like your scale is like broken it's crumbled in pieces on the floor because you're probably so excited about this every tweet that i saw i was like yes i was at my desk at work i'm like Yes. Like quietly whispering <laughs> to myself, like, this is what I want to see. This is great. And then the second thought right after that was Dusty's got to be so happy. right? Now. So
1: happy. <laughs> I was watching those men. It was two, two plays specifically. Watching those, wa- men. The, watching those men. There's <laughs> those one young of Musgrave. Men. They're just
2: kids out there. <laughs>
1: just, just, just men in shorts, just watching them men in shorts. There's one of Musgrave run up the seam, kind of avoiding a guy running up the seam and just the he, Positioned his body and caught the ball naturally over his shoulder, just an absolute thing of beauty. Another one with craft with over the middle and just extending and plucking the ball out of the air without missing a step and running just two of those guys. I'm trying to temper my expectations with both of them. Cause I know tight ends take a while to get going and they probably won't do much this year, but that's, that's buzzkill. Dusty. We don't need to talk to him right now. I'm through the roof. I'm with you, Sarah, through the roof for those two men. All right, man. I think we touched on those guys, uh, pretty good. I think that was pretty good. We got through five guys again, or six guys, I guess, technically we'll get to Jordan love here in a minute with a question, but as always, we ask questions as always, you guys deliver. Uh, we won't be able to get to all of them today because there's so, so many good ones, but some of these, we are kind of squirreling away for a rainy day. So we appreciate you guys sending them in Sarah. What did we get today?
2: All righty. Like you said, a lot of good questions this week. Uh, our first question is from Lucky. They want to know if the Packers post a winning record this season. Is Lafleur finally worthy of Coach of the Year? Hashtag #HashtagGoPacko.
1: I think for me, I mean, I think with all this stuff, it's got think context is important and like how how it happens. If they post a winning season, but like. <laughs> It's on the back of their top two defense. You know, Sarah, you know how their defense is going to be top two this year. Uh, and their offense is terrible. I'm like, no, absolutely not. If they post a winning record and they don't make the playoffs or and they they win a whole bunch of one-score games and everything's ugly. No, if Jordan Love is an MVP candidate and they're putting up 35 a game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, and it depends on what the rest of the league is doing uh, as well. But I really do think that it is, it's, I don't think he will get it unless this team just is absolute buzzsaw. Um, I don't think he's in the yeah. conversation. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I think McDaniel is, uh, Mike McDaniel out in, out in uh, Miami is a guy who I know have, has a lot of eyes on him and they could be really good this year. And if they make, you know, make that run to the playoffs or have a really hot stretch or something like there's guys who I think will be in the conversation ahead of him. Not to say that he, I, I still think he's a good coach and we will see, but I think that, they, that the Packers have to be, just a very, very good defense. Throw defense out the window. I think they have to be a very good offensive team all year. And Jordan Love has to look like a top ten quarterback for the entire year for him to be in the conversation. Is about where I am with it. Are you about the same, Sarah?
2: Yeah, I'm about the same. You know, we talked about it a little before we recorded, and we're pretty, pretty locked in with a similar answer. Um, the only thing I'd add is that, you know, typically when we see a coach of the year winner, the team had to overcome some sort of adversity or some obstacle and the coaching and is what brought them through and, and helped them get through that. And they turned it around or, you know, they, they did this miraculous, not even miraculous, but they did this really impressive thing. Um, and, you know, right now the Packers in most people's eyes, the biggest obstacle that they're facing is that they, they don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, that the hall of fame, quarterback has left and it's a new beginning. I don't think that that alone is enough to like qualify as a thing of like, Hey, Matt LaFleur really brought his team together and like brought them through this. And because of his coaching and his leadership, they were able to do this. Um, So who's to say, you know, maybe something happens this season that, and you know, adversity, I'm not talking about anything that's crazy or, or traumatic or something horrible a lot of the times it ends up just being injuries like their entire starting offense is injured or half their defense is injured and coaches make adjustments they go and get got you know the organization goes and gets guys um that are available and they bring them in and it works um you know we see the titans are a good example of this with frable we've seen you know he's turning around when they have the most injuries in the league things like that but i don't think just aaron Rodgers being gone is like enough of a in a hump for them to get over for LaFleur to get that sort of attention. Um, unless, like you said, Dusty loves putting up Mahomes numbers and yeah. um, and all of that. All right, our next question is from Anne Pfeiffer. They want to know, why is there so much hype about the upcoming season? If I'm not wrong, Love has thrown an interception parentheses, or it should-be interception, close parentheses, against backup DVs in every single open-to-media OTAs practice this year. It's his year four and third year of being QB1 at OTAs. When will it finally be a concern? Hey,
0: everybody. Here on the Packet 8 Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses, and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly, and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them, and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today.
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform. Indeed.com slash Blue Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we'll take the first part first. Why is there so much hype about the upcoming
1: season? Because it's of the off season, dude. Like I'm hyped because it's the off season and what else am I going to do? Like I think this team has good pieces. I you know, defense is a concern. I'll, I try to look at it realistically when I can, but also like I watch I watch this as a fan. I want something to look forward to. I'm not going to sit here in June and be like oh, this team's going to suck next year because I got other things to worry about, man. Like I'm going to be hyped because it's my team and it's the off season and I'm that's that's the way that I'm going to to do it. Everyone can do what they want to do. Me personally, that's why I'm hyped about this team. I have realistic expectation about the season, but for now, Hope Springs Eternal, man, it's June. Uh, that's I know that's Sarah's answer. It's June. Uh, when do we get concerned about love throwing OTAs interception OTAs? Never. I'm never going to be concerned. I do not care about that one single. But again, I got I got enough going on in my life to without having to concern myself with interceptions and OTAs every year. Every year we hear stuff about Rogers is throwing interceptions and OTAs. We hear Mahomes is throwing interceptions and OTAs. All these top tier quarterbacks throwing interceptions and OTAs. With the reasoning behind that, well, it could be a number of things. A lot of it is they're testing, they're essentially testing their limits. They're seeing what they can get away with in a safe environment, essentially. Like you're not going to be punished for this that's not going to kill you. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna throw this. And if I can't get away with it, okay, I'll scroll that away. I'm not gonna do that within a game, but if I can get away with it, or if I know I can get away with it, if this safety's over here and I know the closing speed, you're, you're testing your limits, you're testing to see what you can get away with. Also, as far as coaching points, who knows? floor even said today, cause the one there's the one, I think it was to various more today was during two minute it was against it was tom clements uh, steinman actually wrote a story about this and tom clements has three cardinal rules for playing the position don't make predetermined reads don't make blind throws and don't throw late across the middle the interception today in the two-minute drill was uh across the middle late across the middle cardinal sin of tom clements LaFleur said something about to the effect of sometimes you get more aggressive in two minute because depending on what the, what the game is, maybe that was a coaching point. I don't know. Maybe they wanted this two minute drill and they said, all right, dude, I don't care what you do. Just gun it. Just throw it. We got 30 seconds left. We're on our own 20. We need, we need to touchdown. Just spin that sucker. And we don't know that we're not privy to that. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying coaching points are a possibility, but I mean, the, sum it up basically, I will not be upset about interceptions OTAs because every year we hear about top quarterbacks throwing interceptions OTAs. And then during the season, it's not a problem because they're testing to see what they get away with. I'm going to be convinced about Jordan loves interceptions when I see it in a game. If he's making, there's stuff in his college tape that concerns me. That still concerns me because we haven't seen enough of him. If we get into week two and he still seems like he hasn't progressed that much, he's making bad decisions. He's throwing interceptions or almost interceptions. I will be concerned. I'm not going to be concerned before that. There's not really a reason to.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, you pretty much answered the second part of that question. Um, But to add to the first part of the question about, you know, why is there so much hype about the upcoming season? Because we're sad sports fans and this is what we do. (laughs) This This is what it is to be a sports fan is that. When there are no sports, and my dad always jokes, we don't really, we never really watched baseball growing up. And so he's this time of the year is always he's like, this is the worst time of the year because basketball is ending. There's no football for a few months, and it's just baseball. Um, helpful in the summer when there's Olympics and World Cups, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what we do when, when it isn't football season, and this applies to college football and NFL. We fantasize and plan scenarios about what the season could be and build our expectations and get hopeful only for all of our dreams to be crushed in about six months or so. Because at the end, only one team wins and usually it's not your team. Uh, and so that's that. I, the reason everyone's hype is just because this is what we do. We are sports fans and this is inevitable and in how we live our lives.
1: Well said. Yeah, there's I mean, sports fans, I like it. <laughs> this is,
2: I mean, what what do they say? Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. Like we do the same thing every year. We have this talk where we're like, "This is going to be great. The Packers are going to be amazing," and then they don't do well, and we're or they don't do as well as we would have hoped, and all of our dreams come crashing down, and everyone starts fighting on Twitter, and that's when I just mute and and I can't take it anymore because there's too much negativity. Now I'm going down a rabbit hole, but you get the point. I do. Our next question is from Chris B, and they want to know who is a player in recent years that surprisingly performed well in OTAs and and ended up playing well uh, during the season? And then who's your early prediction for someone this year?
1: to really properly answer this question, I have to go back through a whole bunch of like early OTA reports and be like, well, who did this do? This? And I, I didn't have time to do that. Um, so I'm sorry. I failed you on this question. I, this is something I would like to dig into and then, and then maybe answer this in a little like more depth somewhere else or, or here on a, another podcast. Maybe that's an idea for another podcast. If we find out for those guys, because I, because you're right. I mean, the guys we remember, or a good point by Chris, essentially like the guys we remember are the guys who get hyped a lot. We got those names burned in our minds and then don't do anything. You, I, I still remember like Josh Jones looks like the best player on the field. And then, you know, he he didn't last very long. and he's still in the league, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, so it's tougher to think of. So I only went back one year because why not? I'm gonna go Romeo Dobbs because Dobbs was uh, you know, I think his final I think he had 425 receiving yards in the year, which is not a lot, but he's a fourth-round receiver. Rookie receivers don't do a whole lot anyway, and he missed some time with an injury, but he was a guy, I mean just tore up otas everyone was talking about oh my god like watson was obviously out but this was the rookie receiver and everyone was like this this guy's gonna be incredible like he's catching everything he's making great moves there's still some limitations there i'd like to see how he does but there was endless hype about him i think he came out and did well and again the i think the injury derailed a little bit and he was 100 by the end of the year but i i think all the hype i to me and this is definition of kind of where your expectations are about a guy but I, I, to me, he came in and he's like, okay, he was he was better than I thought he was going to be for sure, uh, even after the OTA hype. So I'll throw him in there. And then this year, I'll go Lucas Van Ness. We're starting to hear, we did not talk about on the top of the show, we're starting to hear noise about Van Ness. You know, he's, he's, he's physical on the edge, he's knifing through, he's got nice pass rush moves, all of this stuff. To the point where, like, if he, he, he could potentially be a monster from day one now. Sad sports fans. I'm setting myself up for failure because he may have three sacks this year. Like we also don't know that, but I think the hype is starting to pick up around him. He's he's a high round pick. If they just tell him to pin his ears back and go, he could be a game wrecker this year. So I'll go. I'll go Van Ness. That seems like an answer that could work this year. Yeah.
2: Um. And for me, um. Yeah, this was tough to go back and think, but I think AJ Dillon is one in recent memory that sticks out. In addition to Dobbs, and you know everyone from Packers fans to national media or social media accounts, like I remember Sports Center, Bleacher Report, all of those uh, posting pictures of his thighs and talking about, you know, just how enormous he was as a human being. Um, and I remember seeing comments like, well, this guy's going to be a bust. Like, it doesn't matter. This happens every year. And then he ended up having a really good rookie year and, and was a great addition to the offense that season. Um, so that's somebody in recent years where who, who sort of lived up to the hype that people set set up for him in the, um, in preseason. And then early prediction for someone this year, we, we talked about it earlier, with the height meter, but Musgraves, I just love what I'm seeing. Um, and it's just a guy that, you know, knowing the, or not knowing, but, you know, we have an idea of where the offense is headed. Um, now that Jordan loves in the driver's seat. And, you know, if that does happen, knowing that he's going to play a big role and what he could do is just, whew, it's really exciting to think about, um, and that's somebody that, you know, we're seeing a lot of good things. Tweets from Andy and and Schneidman and everybody else that's there that's like, yeah, this this guy, he knows what he's doing. And hopefully we see that this season too. All right. Next question from Kevin Cushing. It's the off season, so I'll just go straight to the food question. <laughs> Love it. Who is your all-time favorite TV chef? I love this question, but I also hate this question because it's like, ask me to pick a favorite child. I have so many, um, but there's just something about Guy. Guy Ferrari, I just love, he makes me laugh. He makes me smile. When, when I put on you know, his, his various shows that he has. I just feel like I'm at home. Like, I feel like I've been invited into Guy's kitchen or in his backyard if he's doing, you know, the grilling, the various grilling shows that he has. Um, So I would say it's Guy, but I mean, there's so many. Gordon Ramsay is another one. I know that's a basic answer, but I've, I've definitely during the pandemic would watch like the 30 minute compilations on youtube that's like gordon ramsay's funniest moments where he's just eating a steak that looks like a a brick and he's absolutely screaming at the chef because of it i mean and his tiktoks are hilarious too um there's so many good ones
1: i went a different direction sarah i went uh i went sitcomming with it because i don't watch chef shows i and there's only one there's one for me it's the sweetest chef from the from the muppets (laughs) That's the first guy to come up. That, that's my man right there. That's the guy I want. They used to have uh, a Swedish chef cereal that was just like basically like cinnamon Cheerios. Uh, and so if that's all he cooked, I'd, I'd be fine with that as well. But that's 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 my dude right there, the Swedish chef.
2: Listen, if we're going fictional chefs, uh, The Bear, great show coming back. Maybe somebody from there can't wait only a couple weeks for season two. I
1: was thinking Bob Belcher. I was going to throw Bob Belcher in there as well. Uh, he gets gets creative with his burgers. So I could I, I could go for that.
2: Oh, my gosh. All right. Next question. It might as well say dusty all over it. It's from Matt Tol- Tolson. Tollison, yes, so that's, I think, how you say it. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. Um, Dusty, I'm asking you directly, how do you see the Packers' <laughs> top three tight ends being utilized? And then we'll answer that first, and then we'll go to the second part of the question.
1: Yeah, I'll just go, I mean, idealized version. Again, it, it's going to take a while for all these guys to become their true selves, but I think if you, if you view... How they drafted them and what their body types are, and how you think they're going to use them. Yeah, I mean, you could roll out, say, a thirteen personnel or or twenty three personnel if you want to get real crazy with it. Uh, so it'd be, you know, either one running back, three tight ends, or two running backs, three tight ends. And I mean, each one of those guys is a very specific skill set you can use while also being flexible. You've got, I think, uh, if if you're looking at idealized version, Craft is more your uh, in line kind of what you think like traditional tight end guy who can put his hand in the dirt. That can obviously it could be a good pass catcher. Did some really good things at South Dakota State, but also uh, could be out there. He's your smaller version of Mercedes Lewis. He's your he's your blocker. He's your tight end. He's your dude uh Musgrave uh you know idealized version of him again is a guy who can block a little bit but it's really more of a receiving weapon if you look at like a Jimmy Graham type or even uh, what Lazard did with Green Bay something like that like I, maybe he will never be the, the blocker Lazard was but he's a big dude and he can move so I think he's kind of more your receiving option and then Daguara is your your up back he's your he's your fullback he's the guy they started to do with that more with him as the season went on anyway but he's at a hybrid. He's the guy you kind of motion to different spots. You attack the different spots, uh, blocking the line with him. But he can flex out if you need him to. But he's your fullback. So, I mean, you can get really creative the way you use those guys. Kraft could be line up a fullback and you shift those guys around. But I think idealized version – Kraft is kind of like your are in line, what you think of like an old school tight end that can catch. Musgrave is kind of your bigger receiving option, seam stretcher guy. And then Daguar is your up back slash Swiss army, Swiss army knife. I think that's your uh, idealized version. I think that's the good, but the, they're all versatile enough where I think you can shift those guys around and really kind of catch defenses off guard and, and find your mismatches that way. I think it could be very exciting if all those guys reach what you hope they could be.
2: Very good. And the second half of Matt's question is, have any of you tried the South Dakota delicacy of chislick? I think chislick. I, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, thoughts if you have. So Dusty and I were not familiar with what this was, but we looked it up and it's pretty much cubes of red meat. It's usually lamb um, or other game Type meats. Um, and it's basically seasoned with a lot of, you know, the garlic powder, onion powder, Worcester sauce, kind of the typical. Um, I will say by the photos, it looks delicious. It looks mm-hmm. like it's very similar to other, you know, steak kebabs or, or things that I've had. So I have not tried this, Matt, but you have piqued my curiosity. And if I ever find myself in South Dakota, I'll try.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exact same boat. I've never had it, but I would eat it. As soon as it was in front of me.
2: Yeah. Like if some, this isn't, you know, the, the pickles and peanut butter or, or whatever we've (laughs) talked about before. Uh, This is something that I, I looked up a picture and I was bracing myself because, you know, some of you guys try to scare us with your, Mm -hmm. your recommendations and we never know what's going to pop up when we Google it. And we both Googled it at the same time. We're like, oh, this looks delicious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We would eat this. Uh, so pleasant surprise there. Thank you, Matt, for, for a safe choice for us and not, not exposing <laughs> us. To some of the, the scaries that we've seen. All right. And our last question is from Brian Hartstad always sends in some good fire questions, uh, and he wants to know if you could bring back one historical non QB packer to help this year's team, who would it be? And then food question. French fries, waffle fries, or tater tots? So I can go ahead and answer this. And I know Dusty and I have the same answer, and it's a basic answer, but it's Woodson, mm-hmm. Charles Woodson. I mean, if you can't pick any of the Packers Hall of Fame quarterbacks, then you're going to go to the next greatest player to probably, or one of the greatest players to probably ever play for the franchise. And that's Charles Woodson. He, as many people have said, is one of the best players that they've ever played with. He is an all-around leader. He, if When you think of veteran leadership, that's what he could bring to this team. Veteran wisdom, leadership. And he's also just a beast. He's was so good it's so much fun to watch um and it may seem like a basic answer but i don't care because that's my answer and i know it's dusty's answer too as far as the food question this is another tough one french fries waffle fries or tater tots it really depends on the place i'm usually going with just regular french fries but i'll tell you if i know a place has good tater tots i'm ordering those every time
1: yeah no, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I, I think if everything's at its best, I think tater tots wins. Yes. Like I think, I think good tater tots is better than everything else. Like if you're hitting that top tier, but it's hard to find them. Like there's not always a good spots. So yeah, yeah the I'm, consistency
2: I'm with is not good. Yeah. Like usually at a restaurant that if I'm unfamiliar, I just say, oh, I'll just take the fries, yep. um, because I, I don't want to take the risk because bad tater tots when they're soggy, ugh, it's horrible. Just but take when a bite and it's
1: just mush on the inside. Ugh.
2: Yeah. When they're crunchy and crispy Mm -hmm. and fried golden brown, chef's kiss. Agreed. All righty. Well, that is it for questions. Thank you, as always, for everyone who sent um, some in. I know Dusty always answers a few on Twitter after the show as well, so definitely keep an eye out for that. If you did not hear your question um, read on the episode check Twitter because Dusty may have answered it. Um, and as he said earlier in the show, we definitely got some of the last few weeks that, uh, we kind of bookmarked for later to return, um, that we could build, um, whole episodes around, especially in the off season when we're, when we're looking for content. Uh, so that will bring us to final thoughts and I, I will go first this week. Uh, even though I've been talking because I'm gonna go on a rant before Dusty plugs, whatever he does. And and I've also seen people complain about this in the past, so this isn't unique. But I cannot stand that every year around this time of the year uh, for for football, um, when there's OTAs and just kind of meaningless things happening, that you know, if there's like a trade and there's new players, like it happened with Tyree Kill and Tua, and you know. Now it's happening with Aaron Rodgers, which is why I bring it up and people will say, oh, you're salty. No, I'm just saying that this is annoying in general. When these big accounts like SportsCenter, ESPN, Bleacher Report, all of those, you know, in that family, when they post like them making a throw to that new person or vice versa, and they're like, oh, so-and-so to so-and-so is going to be a problem. I mean, I've probably said it before before but I feel like this is so overused now that I'm like, we get it. We get that this is gonna happen. And it happens every year. I saw it the other day too. I can't remember who it was with, it wasn't Rogers related. So people can, you know, nobody can get mad at me for that. But it's like, it's the same content from all of the things and all of the accounts. And I'm just like, be original, think of something new. You know blank and blank are gonna be a problem eyeball emoji i'm sick of it i don't want to see it anymore i can't do this anymore um so that's my rant in honor of steve not being here i had to have a little old man yelling at the cloud moment <laughs> but i just i saw this right before we started recording i, I can i can't it happens too much um and you know i have a couple friends that they're like oh yeah i, I blocked bleacher report because they just kept tweeting things like that and annoyed me i'm getting to that level where i can't do it anymore you know they're the problem not these these players that's (laughs) i i just again like i I don't want to go back to my oh it's only may it's only june but it's so early and we talked about this earlier too there are always guys that look great this time of the year and then the season rolls around and they're non-factors and it just but again, this is what we do. We're sports fans. We love it. We love hyping up our teams only for our dreams to be crushed. But my God, I, I I don't know if I can see any more of those tweets.
1: Just be a little more creative. All I'm asking for is more creativity. <sighs>
2: whatever rant over dusty your turn (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: i got some stuff uh just one thing this week i'm trying to get a second one out and i don't think it's gonna happen uh but uh today at cheesehead tv i'm rolling forward with the call sheet series which is winding down a little bit here so this is gonna be fourth and short so i'm looking at uh two plays i think yeah yeah the packers averaged about one and a half play per game in 2022 going forward on fourth and short. And so I looked at, I built out two plays uh, that kind of going off what succeeded for them and what didn't. And then what was also fun is uh, the Lions are one of the best at converting fourth and short this past year. And so I looked at what worked for them specifically from a passing perspective. And so I got to kind of steal a couple plays from them. So that'll be up on Cheesehead TV uh, later today. And then after that, I'll hit... uh, I guess explosives if they're looking to dial up an explosive and then some red zone stuff, then I'm done. So I've got about three or four weeks left in that series uh, that started with first and 10 a little while ago. And it's been, it's been exciting. It's been fun. Uh, And so that'll be that last part of the last down a distance part. Anyway, it's coming today at Cheesehead TV. And then uh, I was also kind of talking about that and other things uh, last week on, Hey, we like your pod with uh, Matt and Don was out. Um, So it was, it was Katie Sunderman was Matt Pickett and Katie Sunderman and got to spend about an hour with them last Thursday. And that podcast came out, this past Saturday and got to talk about, uh, you know, that this series and looking forward to the season and all the, all the fun stuff. So that's, that's always a fun podcast is my second time doing that one. Um, just such a, just such an uplifting idea for a podcast to like, just, we'll make a podcast that raises others up and it's it's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's fun to go on there and I just love those guys. That was a lot of fun. So I got to do that this week as well.
2: So I just searched my old tweets to see if I ever tweeted, um, somebody's a problem I only have once and it was a few years ago, but one that I actually tweeted that was a real problem is I just 2021. Let me know if this this rings a bell for you, Dusty. I said, red zone defense is a problem (laughs) and not in the good
1: way. (laughs) That's shocking. I could have sworn I saw you say someone's always going to be a problem multiple times, but I could be wrong
2: oh god whatever (laughs) i just had to go on my rant like i said this is a while ago and now i'm just tired of it it's old it was funny it used to be funny it used to be good and now it's old uh but anyways (laughs) thank you dusty thank you also for your kind words about uh steve and me on hey we like your pod Mm -hmm. it's it's always nice to know that the people that you think like you actually like you so thank you
3: you're welcome thank
2: you <laughs> thank you for that reassurance um well that will wrap it up for this week's episode uh you know hopefully steve will be able to rejoin us next week and the three the three amigos will be back together again um but as always you can follow us on twitter at dusty evely at steve perhatch at sarah keller four and at packaday podcast we will talk to you next week and as always go pack up